recorded live from the wayofm.org studios in the fabulous Fetter Building in Rochester, New York. Welcome to Transformation Thursday. I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her as well. In this podcast, we take an objective look at dramatic change, and as two transgender women, I think we know a thing or two about that, Penny. And we will talk about transgender issues on this show in a way that we think will be both informative and entertaining, but we'll also be looking at the amazing number of radical changes we're experiencing in our society as well. In this week's episode, we'll be chatting with another friend of mine, Teresa Tangri, and the reason she's here is because she's the mother to a transgender son, and we'll be talking about generational differences of how her son's older siblings took the news of their brother being transgender, as well as that of her father and grandparents, considerations for a transgender child as they search for a college, and of course, what has been mom's transition related to her son? A lot of stuff there, but for now, let's continue with the time-honored tradition of the music swell and fade up. Let's talk about change, Amy. Okay, let me see. It looks like I've got three quarters, a nickel, a Canadian loony, and a few British tenors from when I was in London because I'm an international comedian. No, not that change. Change is in transformation. The topic of Transformation Thursday. Oh, yeah, that. Well, we're doing this podcast to highlight how much things change and how quickly they do it in society today. Everything changes, and change isn't good or bad. It just is. The more we realize that change is just the natural progression of things, the better off we'll be. Now, let's talk about change. Didn't we just do that? No, no, not the last one. The first one, the coins, money, about how people can give us some of theirs so that we can and continue talking about ours. Are you just trying to get people to go to our Patreon page to support this podcast so that we can continue our exploration of what it means to live in a rapidly changing world? Because although this is a labor of love, we do have expenses and by going to transformationthursday.com they can help ensure that we can continue to be bringing this fun and insightful commentary on the world today, plus get exclusive patrons-only content. Um, if I say yes can we get on to our next segment oh god i hope so okay then transformationthursday.com also can you break a 20 for me sure i can get that to you in euros okay now you're just showing off Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Penny Sterling, (laughs) and my pronouns are I sometimes drift off and forget everything about me except for my pronouns, which are she and her as well. Yeah, but I went off script there today for a little bit. But our guest today is Teresa Tangri, as we just mentioned. We met at a local group called Genesee Valley Gender Variants. Say that three times fast. I don't want to. Okay. Or GV squared, if you're all hip and cool. Okay, I have to be honest. I resisted for two years going to this group because I've heard things about the group. Mainly that it tends to skew younger. Well, it does. However, within the group, I actually found my own little group of friends. And I'm happy to say that Teresa has been a huge part of that group. And this past Thursday, I even brought somebody you know to group as well. Her name's Clarissa. Ah, she's such a sweetie. 
Yeah, but I blame her mom for that. Oh, so do I. Yeah. How did how did Clarissa like the group? Well, she actually loved it and really enjoyed spending time with Teresa's son, Juno. So we'll talk a little bit more about Juno and but more specifically mom's transition. And it was nice to see her smiling and just hanging out in a queer space. You know, I could go about raving about Clarissa for as long as you want me to. But let's instead welcome to Transformation Thursday, Teresa Tangry. Yay! Yay! I love that name. It's like angry with a tuh. <laughs> exactly. Huh. Friends who don't know how to spell it, I always tell them it's there, saw, and angry with a T. So then now they always know how to spell it. So the reason why we're here, though, is to talk about life for you. It's changed a little bit in the last few years, hasn't it? Absolutely. And and I can say it's changed for the better now. But in the beginning, I wasn't quite so sure. So that's an interesting statement. So let's let's take let's take a little bit to unpack that because I think a lot of people, especially if they're parents to a gender non-binary person, or also you know, somebody going through a transition such as I am, because even my parents still struggle with it, you know, how, how is life, where did you start at? And how did you get to the point of sitting here tonight saying life has gotten better? Well, my son came out to me actually uh, two years ago and said that he thought he was gay. And I was, uh, you know, like any parent, you know, kind of concerned and delved into um, what can I do to help him? Um, who, who, what support groups can we do? Um, and then uh, last year he came out and said, no, mom, I'm, I'm really transgender. And I didn't know what to do. I, I um, didn't know anything about this. Um, I felt uh, lost and confused, and um, now I'm uh, in a better space. I, I have made a lot of friends, and I, I've seen the change in my son. He's so happy now. Um, so it's been, it's been a positive for both of us. So you, you said in there that, you know, Juno came out as gay first, so there had to be some reaction. I don't know your entire backstory there, but is there any religion in play here? Is there any type of, con, you know, conservative family background? You know, what are some well, of these things that are in play there? Well, I was brought up strict Catholic, Roman Catholic, and um, but I was always more open and had a few gay friends growing up. And so I was accepting. I was scared and worried a little bit, but I was accepting of that. Okay. So so that exposure to friends helped. And that's actually one of the things we've talked about on this show is, you know, having that exposure, knowing somebody who's gay, knowing somebody who's transgender really helps with that process. Absolutely. So that sounds like that was in play for your case. But then also let's talk about, had you known anybody prior to Juno coming out who was transgender? Have you ever met somebody like Juno or I? I had not um, until Juno brought home a couple of friends who were uh, who are transgender. And so at first, when he said he was transgender, I kind of thought it was um, because he wanted to be like his friends, you know, so I didn't really know what to think um, and thought maybe it was a phase or that he was just trying things out or um, but you know, now I know that that's that this is really him. OK, so did you ever heard of rapid onset transgenderism before? No. OK. Do you know about that, Penny? Um, I, I know that it's a load of shit. <laughs> 
Is it okay for me to say shit on my own show? I think he just did. Okay, well, I, that's that's what I know about that. That's a that's a that is a widely discredited uh, uh, pseudoscience about the world of transgender. Uh, where they people say, oh, people are just doing this to try and be popular and with the in crowd, which uh, please refer to my previous load of commercial comment about that. Yeah, I know. I don't think anybody gets I don't think anybody comes out transgender just because, hey, it's cool. So they, they, I don't, did you do it for that? Word? No, the one that I, this is true. The one that I got is uh, it, I just so happened to 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 transition and make my announcement at, at, at within like days of when um, Jenner, I'm drawing, I'm drawing back Caitlin. on her, Caitlin Jenner came out at the same time that I did, or I came out at the same time as she did. So like I'm oh. doing Facebook announcements and she's on the cover of Vanity Fair. And there were several people who asked me, are you doing this because of what Caitlyn Jenner is doing? Yeah. And of course I said, yes. <laughs> and I said, I remember watching her when she was uh, winning the decathlon in 1972 and saying to myself, when that dude puts on a dress, I'm putting on a dress. <laughs> Well, good timing. It yeah, worked no, out, well, that, for, worked that, out that, well for both of you. No, that's not at all what happened with me. That's one of those things that it's always been a frustration uh, that people tend to, to believe these things because they don't have a frame of reference for themselves. So they automatically assume that uh, people who are having gender variance issues or, or dysphoria are lying. Yeah. And it's really wonderful to, to hear of a parent who is willing to believe their, their child on this. So how, how how long did it take for you to was there a sh was there a period of shock was there a period of disbelief or did you uh, pretty much accept your son when when he said that he was your son Kind of all of those um I think I was a little shocked I I suspected for months before he actually told me but I was kind of hoping it wasn't true I was I was um you know, looking back, now I know he was slowly educating me on this for a long time before he finally came out, telling me statistics about transgender kids and the suicide rates. And um, so when he f he finally did come out and tell me, I just said, I, I kind of knew and I love you. And we cried and... Um, then I just researched everything I could. I called people. I, I, I went on Amazon and ordered a whole bunch of books on transgender and transgender kids. And I tried to educate myself. I called out Alliance and we joined, you know, any kind of, um, I got on some Facebook, um, groups for uh, parents of transgender uh, to just get some information and learn the lingo and learn what to say and not to say. Um, and I'm still learning. I'm absolutely still messing up um, and I'm still learning, but I have seen the difference in my kid um, from a very moody, miserable, shy kid to this awesome, outgoing, um, happy kid. Yeah, I, I've, we've talked to a number of uh, people who have uh, transgender children, and that seems to be the the case when you support your child is that they do see a blossoming in their child. And so I just want to, to honor that about you and say I'm really, uh, as somebody who was terrified of ter telling their parents, uh, it's, it's very heartwarming to hear you uh, support your child the way you're doing this. 
I think that was the hardest part was to tell my mom. And I, and I waited quite a long time before I told my mom. Um, what and, was her reaction? And she, we're just starting to talk about it. And we're just starting to get to a place um, where we can, before all this, we went to lunch every week. We talked about everything. Um, we had a really good relationship. Um, but when I told her a couple of years ago that um, my child thought he was gay, she said, well, I, 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 I love him no matter what, but do we have to talk about this all the time? Yeah. And I said, no, absolutely we do not. So I didn't mention anything to my mom about any of that for well over a year. And then when he came out and said he was transgender, I didn't tell my mom on purpose for months. Um, but then it was starting to get to be obvious because, you know, my son's been on uh, testosterone now. Um, his voice is changing. Um, he looks more masculine. So I had to tell her. And um, she still struggles. But um, as I told Amy the other day, my mom and I just went to lunch last week. And it was the first time she said Juno, said my son's name, um, correct name, and said he. Um, so that was huge. Wow, that, that's, that's so wonderful to hear. And it's really difficult um, losing or getting distance between uh, family members when something like this happens. And uh, that that had to be hard on you. How, how much uh, how much work did it take on your part to, to to try and meet your mother where she was, as opposed to losing your patience with her or uh, just ending the relationship? If you can't if you can't love my son, then why should I have you around? Was there any anything like that that was going on with absolutely. you? Absolutely, absolutely. We used to. Like I said, have lunch every week. We used to text each other every day. Um, and um, pretty much for about three weeks, there were there was no communication. I wouldn't text her. Um, we didn't see each other. Um, and um, as stubborn as I am, she I get it from her. We're both very stubborn. Um, and then one day, a couple weeks ago, she texted me and said, can we have lunch? We had lunch and it went okay, um, but it was still a little strained. Um, and then last week, she texted me again, said, "Can we have lunch?" And it it went really well. So i th I think I think things are getting better. Now you you know you said your mom when she found out Juno was gay or thought John Juno thought he was gay didn't want to talk about it or that. However, however we put that. But how hard was it for you to hold that back? Um, well, for me at the time, it was huge because that's all I wanted to talk about. You know, I wanted to be the best parent I could. I'd never had a gay child before. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing everything I could for my child. And and so I, every time we'd meet, I that was my life. I would be talking and she didn't want to talk about it. And so it, it, it was a little uh, bit of a strain about it. Um, and I just would separate it and say, okay, I'm not going to talk about anything like that with my mom. Um, so it seems like your mom forced you into a closet. What a great way to put that. My <laughs> gosh. 
Uh, that, I came up with one. Wow, that was that's like that is such a great that's such a great way of putting it. That's that's amazing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump on your answer. I was just like, wow. Thank you for putting it away. That's that. I'm I'm going to take that one and I'm going to pretend that I said it. No, you already <laughs> took my joke earlier. No. <laughs> Go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll back away from the mic now. Well, that's kind of the way that I was brought up. Was if if there were things that were uncomfortable, you just didn't talk about them. You swept them under the rug and you didn't talk about them and you didn't, um, you know, nothing got solved that way. Um, and so I think she wanted to do that with this situation too. Um, but when your child is, uh, you know, going through, you know, transformation, um, changing, you know, he's, he's masculine now. I mean, we couldn't sweep it under the rug. We had to, um, we have to deal with it and we have to talk about it. Um, and she just needed some time. Now, did your mom give any indication to you, like how she's gotten to the place to be able to say Juno? And you also mentioned, if it's okay for me to say this, like, you know, actually doing stuff and going shopping with Juno, you know, how, how is your mom shared any part of her journey? And, you know, I don't want to step too much on your mom's story because that's definitely hers, but. Nope. 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 She hasn't said a word. Okay. Um, again, she prefers not to talk about things, you know. That are um, difficult to talk about. Right. We've talked about that with your mom and even yeah. my mom is still alive. And that's one of the things, you know, it's you, when I suggest to my mom that they go to counseling to grieve the old me and to get to a place to accept me now. It's like, no, we can't do that. Yeah. But the thing I find heartening about about the story about your, your mom, Teresa, is that it sounds like she's trying it's at, huge. At least she's trying to do it. She's trying to learn. She's trying to get past her preconceived notions. Uh, she's trying to listen to a different story than the one that she had told herself. And the fact that you're giving her uh, that, that you are positively responding in those situations and not negatively responding to, to the frustrating distances that you feel. Uh, that's a real tough, that's, which is harder right now for you, your relationship with your, with your mom or your relationship with your son? Oh, absolutely. With my mom, my son and I have a very good relationship. And, oh, it's amazing. And, um, uh, it, it, it's actually gotten closer, um, since he came out. Um, it's gotten much closer. We can talk about, um, you know, just about everything. Um, so it's definitely more difficult with my mom. And as as I recall, Juno is getting ready for to. How close is Juno to college? I guess. Is my well, question. we're starting senior year of high school mm -hmm. next month, so we've been looking at colleges. And um, you know, every parent I think is very worried about their kid going off to school. And um, but I think when you have a transgender kid, um, there's a whole set of extra worries, you know, like, is he going to be accepted? Is he going to get beat up? Is he going to make friends? Is he going to be safe? Where is he going to sleep? Who are they going to put him in dorm with? Um, who I, I, I just constantly worry about that. And he really wants to go away to school. He wants that experience. And so I want that for him. But a big part of me hopes he stays home and goes to school locally. And but that's not what he wants. And I, I think my kid is the bravest person I know um, to, I don't know, to, to, 
you know, take that on and to um, not care what people think or say, or I just think he's very brave. And I don't know if I could have been like that when I was his age. Yeah, I, I noticed Amy was like tapping her heart as you were talking about that. I, I get the feeling that, that Amy agrees with you. Does does he have an idea of what he wants out of his college experience, what he wants to study? Well, or? he's very artistic and he's very interested in going to an art school. Um, and we went to, um, a couple months ago, we went to Cleveland Art Institute mm -hmm. and um, toured that. And um, that's a that's a contender if we can figure out how to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's a hard one right there. I have um, to, go ahead. So we'll see. You know, he, he luckily he is a, a very good student um, and did well on his SATs. So we're hoping that we get some scholarships and we have some choices. Um, but I'm scared, you know, and, yeah. and he's not. I just I'm amazed. I think the big thing, though, for me, out of everything you said there, it's one thing that's easy to over. Well, it's not. Well, let's just put it out there. Who, when you say sleep with, you don't mean partner with in that regard. No, I don't, what, I, who, so, yeah. who are they going to room in with? Yeah. Is he going to be in a male dorm? Is he going to be in a, in, uh, you know, I, I, I just worry, uh, are, you know, his roommates going to be accepting? Um, you know, is it a school that, you know, we, toured another school um, that there were not bathrooms in the dorms. They had to go down the hall to the bathroom and they had shower rooms that you had to take shower with. It was open know, showers, open showers. Oh my gosh. I mean, really? They still have those? Yes. It's and amazing that the, the level, the, the diverse, the, the, the disparity of levels and schools of what you have and what you can wear and where you shower and things like that. And some of them are fairly ancient and some of them are fairly modern. And so that's that so many considerations that you can talk. To. Was there anybody at the uh, at the Cleveland Art Institute that you talked to about mm -hmm. uh, transgender accommodation? Um, they. They, their dorms are, there's four people in a dorm and there's two people that share a room, um, a bedroom and then a bathroom. Mm -hmm. And, um, but they said they have a lot of transgender students and, um, that they're very welcoming. Um, welcoming is one thing, but to have an actual, a liaison, do they have anything like that? I have a friend of mine who, uh, moved to, uh, Utah uh, and before she left, we were talking about this, we had this conversation and she was, she's still looking for a position in a college. Uh, she called it being professionally gay, where she would work as a liaison for the LBGTQ population as they come into the school, just to be aware that there are going to be issues that just as you've talked about and how to, how to, how to be a champion for these, these students who could be wonderful contributors to but also have issues and needs that need to be addressed above and beyond the normal collegiate experience at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something that I'd have to look into and, and see. That's got to be. Yeah, and I would, I, I hope that you find that. I hope that that's something that is happening on, on college campuses. I'd love to uh, sometime talk to you about this and see what you've discovered because that to me sounds like something that's a real necessary position. Yeah, and I think a lot of the college rankings now actually include 
LGBTQ inclusiveness. And actually, like just a couple hours away from here, the most friendly transgender campus is right here in Ithaca, New York at Ithaca College has been rated like the most inclusive. So, you know, there are colleges out there that are making those strides. So that's that's an excellent question. So but we're also talking about generational differences. And, you know, before Juno goes off to college, Juno has some siblings, right? Mm-hmm. My older kids are uh, 31 and 29. And I think they knew before I did um, that uh, he's transgender. And so they were very accepting and they kind of helped me through this, uh, you know, especially my older daughter. I mean, uh, um, she uh, she's the one I went to for advice. She's the one that I went to to talk to about my concerns. And um, and uh, she was my the, the biggest supporter and, and help for me. Did they give any indication, your older children, how they knew? Because, you know, a lot of times if we're so close, we don't see it or in ourselves sometimes. Because I've had people say to me, well, yeah, I'm not surprised you're coming out. I, I kind of knew. But so how how did they give any just how did uh, my they- son? No, because my son, you know, he's he's off on, in his own little world with, you know, doing his own thing. But um, I think. Um, I, I think Juno spent a lot of time talking to my daughter um, and was the first person that he kind of came out to besides friends. Now, he had been out to friends and be and uh, on his social media um, as Juno for a couple of years before he told me. Oh, wow. So, um, and he had had friends come over and I'd heard them say, call him Juno, bye Juno or hi Juno. And I... I was like, why are they calling my kid Juno, you know? So he was already out at school and with friends for a long time before he told me. What about the rest of uh, his his school experience, the other kids who are not in his immediate circle of friends? Has he oh, had any lost, issues with them? He's lost lots of friends. He hasn't had anything really negative. He hasn't been, you know, bullied or, but people that used to be friends don't, um, you know, he has very, very few friends now. Um, he has a, a, a small group of friends um, and who are allies. But as far as going to their house, um, they don't invite them because I think because their parents aren't accepting, you know, so it's frustrating when, you know, he'll see on on his social media accounts that all his friends are having a sleepover and they're having a good time and he wasn't invited. Mm. And it's very sad. And I just, you know, I feel bad. I, I just, I don't know how to make that better. Do you ever have sleepovers at your place? Um, we used to, um, but we haven't in a long time. Um, and he, he, um, doesn't ask. I mean, if he asked, I'd say yes, but mm. but then we'd have to deal with the parents. Right. If they know, yeah. if they don't know, if they, you know. Yeah, at least with my older daughter, you haven't met her. She's off at college and we've been through a lot of this stuff that you're talking about. But, you know, at least senior year, I don't remember any sleepovers. 
So I, I yeah. don't know at what age, what age do they age out of that? I don't know. Zoe, my daughter was is still doing sleepovers. She's got like a group of people. She like she does cuddle puddles with her friends and things <laughs> like that. You know, we're a very we're a very we're a very physical family. We have been hugging and touching, and my kids miss that. At least they tell me they miss that uh, when they're when they're not at home, and and so that's I think that's on a on a student by student, person by person basis. So going back to high school, what about Jim in high school for for Juno? How's that? How's how's that transition? Well, that's going to be. We have an appointment next Thursday, um, this coming Thursday, with the guidance counselor to talk about that um, because last year was a struggle. Um, last year. He still went into the girls' locker room um, and was uncomfortable and still did swimming, um, very uncomfortable. Mm. Um, But now it's a little harder because he's making that change. I mean, he's looking more masculine um, and... And um, sounds more masculine. Yes. So we have to have a meeting um, to talk about what to do for swimming, what to do for gym, where is he going to change, what bathrooms does he use, um, and and we've recently in the last uh, month and a half had a legal name change. Um, so, um, and gender marker as well, right? The gender marker, unfortunately, no, because in New York State you have to wait until you're 18 to get your gender marker changed, which Ew. is to me is just crazy. I mean, um, they didn't fix that with gender, with the gender equality, non-discrimination. I think it was like pick your gender. battles. Yeah. That was, I think that was one that they, they were going to lose. And so they, that's, that was my takeaway is that okay. that was one they were going to lose if they tried for that. And so they just yep. took what they could. So oh. we just went through getting the birth certificate name change, the social security, his driver's license, um, school records, um, but then next summer, when he turns 18, we're going to have to do all that again Aye. with the right gender. Wow. And also all the college stuff as well. Paperwork is a bitch. Correct. Especially when you have kids. It's like the kids aren't the problem. It's the paperwork that's the problem. Correct. Ah, God. Yeah. I'm, I've got one last one. I've, had, I've been raising kids since the Bush administration, the first Bush administration. <laughs> and I've got one more year of school. And as much as I'm, I'm going to miss the, the, you know, the raising of children in that, you know, hands-on level, there's some stuff that I am not going to miss. And the paperwork is one of them. So I, I commend you for that. And I commend you for, for being such a strong ally for your son. If you, if there was somebody out who's uh, in, in our listening and hoping for some words of wisdom about how to deal with a, a child that is transitioning. Is there anything that you would want to tell them or are there any guidelines or? Uh, well, that there's a lot of help out there. I mean, you just have to look for it. You know, my support groups, I have two support groups on Facebook that I belong to. Um, one is uh, female to male transgender and the other one is uh uh, parents of transgender and transgender children. And they have been very helpful with all my questions and, and to see that there's a lot of people all over the world um, that are dealing with these same issues. Um, and I've been able to give advice and I've gotten a lot of advice. Um, so, and, and just tell parents it, it gets better and it gets easier. And as your child, you know, 
comes into their own and, and is happier, um, you'll see that all this hard work is is paying off and you're going to have a much happier child. So you have to do it. You know, and I, I think you don't in a, in a month and a half, two months that we've known each other now, I don't think you give yourself enough credit for the wonderful job you're doing, because I think a lot of parents would get, they wouldn't offer that support. They wouldn't go to their child to, with their child to a group like you do. They wouldn't, they would, they would be so resistant to that. And so, you know, how do you untie, and maybe this is part of this advice question, you know, how did you untie, you know, the identity that you had perceived for your child and really back that into what you now see as your son in Juno? And it sounds like you wouldn't give that up for anything right now. You're right. And, and all the things I struggled with in the beginning, I think once I realized it was, I was being selfish, all those things had to do with me. Once I realized, um, you know, that I was sad, you know, um, to, to lose that little girl that I used to have. Um, when I realized that that was just me being selfish, that this whole, this whole thing has nothing to do with me and, and, and how happy my child is becoming. Um, and, you know, uh, once I, you know, realized I couldn't be selfish and that it's about him, but then you just do it. Yeah. One of the things that I always say about raising kids, I, I have a list of rules and the, the, the big one is make none of this about yourself. Absolutely. And the selflessness that you're, you're displaying here, uh, with your child is it's awe-inspiring, and I, and I wish you nothing but continued success and, and, and deeper love for your child, and, and, and congratulations on being a real good mom. And, yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. So, uh, Teresa Tangri, thank you, Tangri, thank you so much for for spending time with us today. And I hope that we get the chance to come back and hear about the transition that your son has from from high school student to college freshman. Uh, that would be a fun story to to do a follow up on, don't you think, Amy? I would love it. And thanks again for coming in, Teresa. We appreciate you sharing everything that you have. And I know there will be parents out there who will you know, transgender children who will be able to learn something from this. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And we'll be right back on Transformation Thursday. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. Uh, we're going to kick off our second segment here in a moment. But just as a reminder, I am Amy Stevens and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Penny Sterling and my pronouns are she goddess. She goddess. Yeah, I just decided I'm going to be goddess from now on. You are. We're going to bow at the altar of Penny. That's right. You know, I, I have people do that for me. I No, I don't. But I, I, it's just... <laughs> It's just so wonderful, though, being out in the, in, in, in the world. There are lots of hard things, but just being able to, to, to walk into a room and, and feel good about yourself is, is something that is new for me. And, you know, we were talking with your friend Teresa about her son, Juno, and I know that I'm just so grateful that more and more kids these days are able to uh, act actively become themselves in a way that was certainly prohibitive for me and probably also for you. Well, yeah, I grew up in the late 80s, so that definitely was prohibitive for me. Um, 
But one of the things that I'm thankful for, you know, we talk about Juno and I mentioned that my daughter Clarissa went to the group with me last week. It's such a nice opportunity for me as a transgender parent to be able to bring my daughter to a space, not only to see me and other transgender people who are a little bit older, but then also to have somebody like Juno who Clarissa just latched on to right away. So that was a fantastic experience. But, you know, I think we need to talk about something else, though, because there are some people in this world who don't want us to be authentic. Yeah, and they actually want to penalize us for that. They want to be able to fire us. That does not sound good. No, it doesn't. So this week, the um, Donald J. Donald J. Trump. Uh, we don't have the, uh, he who shall not be named. He who shall not be named administration. He who shall give me agita. That's yeah, right. that's right. So the Department of Justice this week filed amicus briefs. Do you know what an amicus brief is? It's not. Uh, it's yeah. They they don't fit me very well. No. No, they're they're kind of baggy in the bum for me. Well, an amicus brief is a filing that friends of the court, and that's what it means. Amicus friends of the court can file in certain cases, and this week. The Department of Justice, under he who shall not be named, filed amicus briefs saying that based on the 1964 civil rights law, that transgender and gay people can be fired from their jobs because the definition of sex does not apply to sexual orientation or gender identity. And that's a load of something that would fit nicely into an amicus brief right there. I, I totally I totally agree with you. But, you know, what I want to really talk about here is based on their interpretation, and this isn't popular what I'm going to say in our circles, but they really do have a very good legal argument. Oh, yeah? Please elaborate. Well, if you look at 1964 and the mid-60s when, the, when this when this law came into effect, civil rights saying that you can't be fired based on sex, that really meant biological sex and how they defined it and thought about it in the legislature or Congress thought about it in the mid 1960s. They were really thinking of male, female. And, and from that aspect, they do have a strong argument. And that's one of the things that the Supreme Court will generally look at. What was the intent of the lawmakers at the time when they were making that law? And I would guarantee, unless you had somebody with a crystal ball back then, who's probably dead by now anyway, that Congress at that time had no idea that we we're going to be living in this age in t almost 2020 with this huge LGBTQ population, gay people, transgender people, and all this stuff. Now, I agree we shouldn't discriminate on those factors, but if you look at the law, the way it was written, and also what was, going, what was the intent of Congress at that time, there's a real argument there. Well, I would say that the intent of Congress was to level the playing field and to remove uh, potential obstructions to anybody making a living. And the fact that a, a terminology, a, a group of people who were so deeply marginalized that they couldn't even show their faces and there wasn't even a name for us at the time, uh, weren't, weren't, weren't labeled. My question is, if they knew about transgender people back then, uh, would they have done this? It, the, the lack of, you know, it's like we need to, as I recall, they were trying to make this as, as equal as they could. And the fact that they didn't know about us doesn't mean that they didn't think about it. It's just that they didn't have the, the language to do it. So that, that, yes, I unfortunately agree that they do have a, uh, a, a, um, 
an argument, but I think it's a question of intent of the law versus the letter of the law. And I think if you look at the intent, that would be the, the place that I would I would base my counter argument is the intent of the law was to uh, to, to remove obstacles to employment, not to and not just a gotcha because you didn't name something that wasn't even known of back then and in, in pop in, in current in, in, the, in the in the climate of the time. Well, and I think the plaintiff's attorneys are, when they're arguing in front of the Supreme Court, are going to argue that point exactly and also argue the point that, hey, we live in this world now that is different from 1964, 55 years later. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be a huge part of their argument. But for the record, before we have to move on to our conclusion for this show, you do know who is bringing this suit, one of these suits that has made its way to the Supreme Court. Uh, no, who would that be? Amy Stevens. Really? Yes, but not, she spells it wrong. Oh. A-I-M-E. An entirely, I'll bet she looks better in an amicus brief than you do. Oh, I sure hope so. <laughs> well, I think what you, I think the point that we need to, to pay attention to here is that the courts are just one part of the, of the legal system, of the, of the function of American uh, governance, and the way that we need to counter this because we have a loaded court right now that is quite frankly uh, against a lot of these progressive rules. Oh, well, that, that's, you know, but let's, if you want to talk about that, I will, you, one of the Koch brothers died this weekend. Thank God. Hopefully they'll be reunited soon. Um, anyway, going on about that, but the Koch brothers and a lot of other right wing organizations spent a lot of money on stacking the courts, state, county court, federal, however they That's, could do it. They, that what the courts were a huge focus for them and the left missed that dramatically. Yeah, that was, that was the point that I was making. So how do we counter that? Elections. -ching. You got to get out and vote people. Yeah. Vote early, vote often. No, no. No, no, vote no. Vote early and get other people to vote but, as well. But if the people who sat out the elections, especially millennials, females, and other minorities who didn't vote in 2016, if those people would have voted in 2016, there's plenty of research out there now showing that Donald Trump would have lost the election. And elections have consequences. And the consequences we're dealing with now, with the gutting of protections for the LGBT community, the gutting of protections for labor, the gutting of protections for the environment. These stuffs are the, these things are going to last for decades. We need to get out and vote. So that's the moral of the story. Get out and vote. Vote in your local elections this year if you have them, and vote next year in the primaries and in the general election for the presidency. And ask the questions about these things. Where do you stand on LBGTQ issues? Where do you stand on environmental issues? These are all important things. Know where you stand. Come up with a a a, a non prejudiced viewpoint come up with the, the best possible action that you can not only for you but for your entire country and i think that that's the best thing that you can do uh to, to come to combat this amy i agree and i think one of the things we need to do is somehow move the conversation especially when it comes to the existence of the lgbtq population especially us in the transgender world we need to get past this argument that the right wants to put forward to us that we, that our existence doesn't exist yeah that's that that's that's one of those obvious ones. And I think it was called prima facie. Uh it's on the face of things. You just the fact yeah. that we exist. And there's you know, like we are basically uh, as I mentioned one time earlier, it, it, we are the population of San Diego, California. That's that's how many one point seven million trans people 
uh, cutting across so many things. Donald Trump spent an awful lot of time talking about preserving the job of coal miners. There has never been 1.7 million coal miners working in America ever at any one time. Right now, there's less than 400,000 coal miners, and they're important, but the trans people aren't. That's a load of hooey. Yep. Nope. I totally agree. So I think we should probably wrap this thing up. Yeah, I think we should, too. It's been a really great hour, Amy. I, I, I'm glad that you brought your friend in and uh, I'm learning more about about her son. I would love to meet Juno at some point. And uh, we can arrange for that. That would be a really cool thing. So, all right. I think we're going to we're going to just end our show here today. It's been a wonderful yep. time. Please support us on Patreon if you can. It's uh, Transformation Thursday. Dot com. Dot com. And uh, we have expenses here, so anything that you, anything that you can do to help us out uh, with our production expenses would be greatly appreciated. So for now, uh, I'm Penny Sterling. And I'm Amy Stevens. And have a great day. Good night. See you next week.